Hello and welcome to episode three of Teaching Here and There, the podcast that looks into questions around hybrid teaching in higher education. I'm Don Pates, a senior educational technologist from City University of London. I'm Ivan Sikora, uh, associate professor in Aviation University of West London. And I'm James Rutherford, uh, also at City University and a senior educational technologist. Today we had the pleasure of a conversation with two academics from uh, universities at almost the opposite ends of the country. Uh, we spoke to Owen O'Sullivan from St Andrews and Dr Ashley Garlick, who is uh, one of Ivan's colleagues from the University of West London. The main angle we're taking here, of course, is uh, hybrid teaching from a teaching perspective. But uh, as you'll find in the podcast, we cover many other topics too. So let's head straight in. Welcome to our conversation, Owen and Ashley. Uh, we're very excited to have you along for this podcast on teaching here and there. Um, first of all, if I could just ask you just to introduce yourselves, um, Ashley first. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, so I'm Dr. Ashley Garlick. Uh, I'm a senior lecturer in event management at the University of West London. Uh, I think I could best describe myself, I think, as a, uh, a, a tech sceptic, actually. I, I've always been interested in tech and, and how I incorporate that into my teaching, but uh, I've increasingly become sceptical of the sort of um, uh, constraints of that. And so one of the things I think oh, the last 18 months has, has showed us is, is the limitations. But I... I consider myself tech savvy. I like to think I'm innovative in teaching, but uh, I'm conscious of what it can and can't do. Excellent. Thank you. Owen. Hello, um, my name's Owen O'Sullivan. Um, I'm an associate lecturer, education focused uh, at the University of St. Andrews. Um, and a lot of my experience in, in teaching uh, over the last few years is in uh, quite large cohorts. So um, I've I think over the last six or seven years, I've mainly taught first and second year uh, psychology. So intro classes um, or research methods classes uh, with, with quite large groups. Um, and so lots of experience in, in that area, but, but something that was quite a challenge when, when we switched to, uh, uh, to online learning. Um, my, my research uh, background is actually in um, animal, animal behavior and developmental psychology, but focusing on, on learning. So, so I do, uh, while I, I don't often get to apply some of my research to, to my teaching, um, occasionally there are some uh, uh, learning theories and ideas that I'll, uh, I'll bring in uh, to my, my teaching. But, but right now, my, my, my focus is on, on, on teaching. Is, teaching it, is that theories of animal learning, Owen? Yes, some, some theories of animal learning, um, but, but some of those theories do uh, apply you know, generally um, uh, you know, animal and, and human learning. Humans are animals at the end of the day, I suppose. And so some of those... Yeah, those kind of general theories do uh, do apply. Fascinating. Well, I'm looking forward to those insights. Um, so the first question I'm going to put to you both, and feel free to answer when you're ready, is what was your approach to teaching before the pandemic started? I, I suppose I could jump in on that. That's um, I actually like to think that I incorporated technology, not brilliantly, but maybe more than most. Um, I 
by perhaps more interest because you know I've always been um, quite intrigued about technology uh, was actually part of a, a, a small team a number of years ago at UWL that, that developed a sort of uh, what has become the VLE template for, for Blackboard. So it meant that I was definitely intrigued. I, I like to see what it could do. I'm a big fan of analytics. Um, so I've always tried to harness the, the, the power of sort of data to, to give me some insight in, into teaching, which is why I've often tried to incorporate, we use Blackboard, you know, like, like many others, um, and to try and incorporate sort of Blackboard to, to generate more data. Uh, and I had dabbled, I think is the best word, with um, remote delivery. I do some international um, external examining work, which um, at the time was taking me abroad. And very occasionally that would uh, clash with teaching responsibilities. And so I tried one year to, to what now seems like second nature to deliver a class over teams, uh, but then was completely sort of new and alien. Uh, but it meant that as we went into the pandemic, I certainly didn't feel as scared, I think, as some about shifting online. Uh, I, it was something that I could see the potential but I was also acutely aware of, of the sheer amount of work that it takes, because I think if there's one thing that, that the years running up to the pandemic had taught me, it's that to do really effective teaching online, it front loads a lot of the work. You can't wing it in any way. Um, so you, you can't wing it to the extent that you can, I think, with with face to face in person. You've really got to plan it and have all of the, the, the materials ready to go. Is that when people were talking about flip learning? Yes, absolutely. Which yeah. you don't hear much about flipped learning anymore, but that's essentially uh, what you're talking about. Um, Owen, from, from your point of view, your background, you were saying was animal behavior and your, your teaching psychology. What was your approach to your delivery and your, your, your learning experience that you were giving to students? Well, I, I think my, my experience pre-pandemic was um, a little bit more analog. I was more focused on... Um, on getting the in-person element right. I was uh, using um, VLEs, I've used a few Blackboard and currently Moodle um, as, an, as an aid to teaching, but, but the teaching um, was never um, designed with, with the intent of being online first. Um, it, it, we used um, those, those resources to share, share content. We always recorded lectures uh, for accessibility reasons, but that was a, a tag on rather than being the um, the, the core way in which we we wanted to teach our students and and that's that's that was largely my experience pre-pandemic so in, uh, quite different to Ashley's experience I was a, a little bit um, worried when when uh, when we had to switch everything to online learning um, because I suppose I felt that there you know maybe just because we were I was so used to it I felt that there was something really special about in-person teaching and that there was something that students were getting out of that that, that I was I, I felt quite um, worried about communicating and getting across um, in my spare room, um, uh, and so a little bit worried. Um, but 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 it went, you know. But but we rose to the challenge, I suppose, and and, and went better than than we expected. Um, but yeah, whenever I was trying to innovate in my teaching, I was um, I suppose I was trying to incorporate things related to to what I was interested in animal behavior and, and, and that kind of area. So I did try to incorporate field trips and, and these types of things, uh, trips to, uh, to zoos and, and, and safari parks and things. And, 
Uh, and the fact that that was immediately cut off from my teaching um, when the pandemic arrived was it was a little bit disappointing and coming up with alternatives was uh, was challenging. So yeah, I think uh, quite different to, to Ashley. Um, I uh, I felt quite challenged when having to to to, to flip to fully online uh, teaching. Okay. And then March 2019 comes 2020, and everything turns BC or from BC to PC. Uh, post-corona, yeah? We have witnessed all of us being in the academic institutions, uh, uh, probably different reactions of the institutions towards the the way we are going to deliver the uh, material uh, in this distanced way, yeah? So bo- uh, I, hearing from different perspectives, uh, Owen and Ashley, uh, how would you say these 18 months in terms of the experience of the hybrid teaching and learning was uh, uh, for you? Uh, uh, it, was it required very strictly, uh, uh, very, very uh, dogmatically from the institution itself? Or you have uh, had a feeling that basically it was left to your to your devices and then to decide how much of a hybrid teaching but when we say hybrid in terms of tailoring the material and delivering in a hybrid way was uh, uh, left to you as as individuals as uh, lecturers in your positions whoever wants to start i'm very happy to hear i'm happy to to start so you know when when march uh, 2020 arrived and everything switched straight away to, to online learning and and there was there was no in-person teaching um, in St Andrews so we were scrabbling I think it happened over our Easter break and so we just we used our lecture capture uh, technologies to just record our record our lectures we we tried to make use of, of teams learn how to use teams I wasn't using teams uh, at mm. the time um, learned how to use that um, for more interactive sessions um, but we weren't expected to do everything. We weren't expected to do the same amount of teaching that we had been doing um, uh, pre-pandemic. Um, but then um, the start of the, the new semester in, mm-hmm. in September, students uh, at St. Andrews were, were coming to St. Andrews. And so there was an expectation of some in-person teaching, but there were also students that could make it for whatever of course, yeah. um, reasons. And so we um, we had to offer that, that hybrid teaching. The... Uh, the university did uh, strongly encourage um, in-person and mm-hmm. online components and hybrid teaching when when necessary, but they they did allow flexibility uh, due to uh, personal circumstances of of lectures and and things like that. So not all modules on and courses did have mm-hmm. in-person teaching. Um, I decided to deliver some in-person teaching in my my first year course. So that was uh, a module. I had 420 students um, yeah. enrolled in it. About 300 of them to 350 um, were registered for in-person teaching, so that the, that they had uh, they were recorded on the system as being at St Andrews. Mm-hmm. And so we um, put on uh, four sessions across the semester. So it wasn't weekly, but but we had four sessions where uh, those students could come into. Um, a lecture theater and engage with some learning exercises and in those sessions we did we did hybrid um, activities so the online students joined us in 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 the in-person classes um, the rest of the weeks it was fully online so we had yeah. a, a mix and then the second semester went into lockdown again so it was fully online learning and and this semester we're back to um, a mix we have a lot more students in St Andrews which is which is great and um, so we're 
uh, but we're still limited by the number of students we have in, yeah. in lecture theatres. So lectures are online, pre-recorded, and um, we are, uh, we're planning to run some more interactive sessions uh, in person. Um, some of them will be hybrid. Some will have alternative sessions for um, the online students. So yeah. uh, th this year we are trying to explore what the benefits are of that hybrid approach over um, two separate deliveries where you've got the in-person delivery and then a uh, an additional online only delivery. My feelings last year um, were that the online sessions worked well, the in-person sessions worked well for those in person, um, but when, but the in-person sessions for those students joining online weren't as rich and as interactive as, yeah. as those online only sessions. So we're, we're trying to explore uh, this year what, what makes hybrid worthwhile mm. really. Yeah. Um, over and above just pure online delivery for those students who will be joining us online. Yeah, great. Uh, I think it, it really uh, locks nicely on what we have heard in a past episode where actually we have been talking about the giving the voice to different audiences, regardless of whether they are in, in, in person or online. Ashley, I know that we share the same university setting and I have witnessed some of these uh, situations, but let us hear from you. How do you see this pastime actually in terms of of our place uh, driving the way we have been approaching our teaching and your personal view of it? Yeah, I think in the same way that we talk about pre-pandemic, pre pandemic and post-pandemic, I, th I think for me, the, the pandemic itself, I, I would split into a, a number of key phases. Um, much like, I mean, when we um, uh, when the pandemic first hit, there was uh, an unavoidable pivot towards fully online. I think slightly differently, UWL made a decision to very clearly commit to replicating in a digital environment the exact same sort of content as would have been delivered face to face. So we were required to deliver the same contact hours. Um, we were by and large encouraged to do that live although there was some flexibility, I think, in terms of how you could go about doing that, whether you pre-recorded lectures and delivered seminars live, for example. Um, but I think a lot of that was was very hastily and rapidly decided. And, and so it was very much sort of diving in that in that first sort of early days. And the I think the key decision for me that was um, that ended up being the hardest thing to do uh, was that as we came out of that pure lockdown everything delivered on online um which generally i thought was really interesting because for me it, it wasn't easy but actually it was far more straightforward delivering everything online felt for me i was trying to do the same thing just using a different delivery mechanism wow. where, where things got really difficult was when we then started to come out of lockdown into that mid-pandemic part where exactly as Owen said you had students that um, as universities reopened, students that wanted to come in, there was a clear appetite for students to come back. I think that throughout all of this, we're seeing the the value for money debate and and, and it's a really complex issue that I'm sure we'll get into a, a bit later, but the, the essence of uh, students don't see the amount of work that we have to put in. And so they don't see that they're, we see it as we're giving more, they see it as they're getting less. Um, yeah. But as we sort of went into that mid-pandemic part where we were then delivering what I, I'm conscious I don't want to call hybrid, 
Instead, mm-hmm. I think I want to call this simultaneous delivery, this idea that we had to do an in-person face-to-face session that was simultaneously available in some way online. And that was a really problematic phase. I, I addressed it by, try, by effectively live broadcasting my sessions, but trying to run a, a face-to-face session and manage an online classroom, I think is one of the hardest things you can do without additional support. You know, give me a teaching assistant and, and it probably would work better. But we're now sort of at the tail end of the pandemic. Mm. Um, we're entering into this sort of new phase where we're, we are recognising that we can't do everything. We're recognising that there is a huge potential of online technologies, uh, but equally, certainly at UWL, we've accepted that the appetite for students isn't for online, it's for face-to-face. What, what kind of things should academics think about uh, when they're going, I have my first hybrid session next week, what do I need to do? I mean, I, I think it comes back to something that Owen said earlier on, that that there is something very special about in-person teaching and trying to replicate that in any kind of online environment is one of the hardest things that, that we have to do. Um, and I think there are ways that you can um, simulate it, but I use that word simulation very deliberately. I, I think it is just a simulation. And I think for me, um, I had a really interesting conversation with some of my final year students um, sort of midway through the pandemic in that one of the things that in person uh, that, that shifting online did is it allowed us to sort of change the way that we considered sort of timetabling. And I think the best thing that UWL has done is um, had a model where what we've effectively been mandated is that we must provide now a defined period of time of online supporting activities. Now, I've been very, very um, strong in my view at the minute that these supporting online activities should be mandatory, but in addition to the um, uh, to the contact time. My worry is that they are being seen both by students and, and the university as being the way you catch up if you miss contact time. And that's really dangerous. For me, I think that having online activities that say, this is what we want you to do around class is one of the most powerful things we can do to increase time on task. Ivan, did you have a comment you wanted yeah, to Yeah, I just wanted to, to reflect to... on what Ashley oh, said and in terms of Eon, Eon's... Uh, uh, um, uh, situation in St Andrews. We understand St Andrews is a very small place, yeah, uh, not small in small in terms of the importance, but the physical itself. Uh, are the students in the same uh, line of thought? So basically, do they think as well that uh, uh, coming to the place it's crucial for them uh, uh, to 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 maintain this uh, atmosphere? Thanks, Ivan. And and yeah, I wanted to to, to build them up what Ash- Ashley was saying. Um, my first hybrid uh, teaching experience was uh, in week three or four, about a year ago. And I'd, I'd run a few sessions online first. So I was uh, doing these workshops that uh, students are learning about statistics and methodology. And I'd ran a few um, of those um, online only on, on Teams first so the students could get used to the technology if they were joining us online in these hybrid classes. Um, and I was worried that we would return to fully online teaching because numbers are rising at the time. And so I said, well, let, let's get the online stuff right first. Let's get the students mm-hmm. used to it. And then we'll try out the, the hybrid approach. And as you said, it's St. Andrews in the city. It's a, a large proportion of the population of St. Andrews um, are the students. And mm-hmm. so I ran these hybrid sessions. We had roughly 10 to 15 students 
in the room and then about an equal number joining us online. For my very first session, I said I was going to try to make it as simple as possible mm -hmm. for me because I think as, as, as it's already been mentioned that it is incredibly demanding to manage something that's going on in a room as well as a cohort online. And I was lucky to have a demonstrator who joined me in the room who was keeping an eye on, on, on Teams chat and what was coming mm. in there. But I, I still just wanted to make it easy. And, and easy for me is, is just lecturing. It's just speaking a little bit and, and, uh, and then maybe asking a few questions or, or um, a poll or something like that. So I kept it easy. And I enjoyed the in-person sessions, but I wasn't convinced that we're getting anything more out of them than what we were getting in the online only sessions where mm -hmm. you'd have me speaking a little bit and we'd have, and it was easier to, to, to take polls and stuff because everyone had an easy link in, in, a, in a chat box or something like that. And so we ran that session across a week. We had, uh, you know, I think overall maybe about 200 students um, kind of joined us over those couple of days. And then I said, well, you know, I was reflecting on my experience. That was really tough. And I am, I'm really drained. I'm not, you know, we're in, in this, in this lecture theater with students in masks spaced out across. We were in the biggest lecture theater in St. Andrews that could seat over 300 students, but there were only about 15 or so students kind of in, in one uh, area of it. And so I was, I was thinking to myself, is this worth it? You know, is, is, mm -hmm. it, is it worth doing an in-person session, having, having online students probably having a poorer experience to what they're getting in the online only weeks? And, and, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, are, are, how do students feel about being in person in these, in these spaces? Mm -hmm. And so I said, I'd ask the students. And so I sent out a, 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 a questionnaire to the students on the, on the Wednesday. We had another in, you know, a hybrid session or in-person session with some online students joining us that was scheduled for two weeks later so I said I have a week and a, and a half to to get some feedback and, and to and, and if I had the evidence then I think that there would be good evidence to return to online only and 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 deal with that because that was my impression at the time I think every student bar one who attended mm -hmm. in person preferred the in-person session they said it was much better and in the free response box that, that asked them to clarify why. Oh, and, and also student, I asked students whether they felt safe. You know, it, mm -hmm. was, it was the middle of a pandemic. And I said, you know, how did you feel being in that space? And, and not a single student said that they didn't feel good about it. And students could, they had the choice to attend online. If they didn't feel that they want, if they were in St. Andrews and didn't want to come along, that was absolutely fine. They could join online. That answered the question, I said that they preferred the in-person teaching and their reasons were there was structure to their day if something's recorded then um they, they kind of lack that structure but but the most common reason was was about feeling finally part of a of a, of a learning community getting to meet their classmates in person and and i and i witnessed that myself in in those in-person sessions you had interesting discussions and chats and gossip that was going on before i started speaking mm -hmm. that you don't get in teams because students aren't they, they don't have their cameras on they, they're, they're not unmuted at the beginning of a session and and that's what i'm i'm getting back a lot of is that yeah. that, that there's something else <laughs> about that in-person element that that students are loving yeah um, oh and it's really it's really good to hear this actually that basically you wanted to for them to tell you uh, how do they feel about this probably Again, for them as well, a new experience and uh, something that they don't know how to call it, but they have to go through it. And, and of course, uh, spending a valuable amount of their time of their life and, of course, money itself. During the pandemic, of course, 
I had two hats on, one thinking about teaching and learning, but it was also quite fascinating to look at from an event management point of view um, in that, and we could argue that actually our, our classes, our modules are, are just a series of, of ongoing events. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does remind me to, to often try and put yourself in the position of the attendee. Um, and I've become acutely aware now when I've attended online things, uh, online events, online sessions, that of course, the engagement is a lot harder. I mean, I, I almost become a bit of a hypocrite when I'm leading a, a, a class and mm-hmm. I'm getting very frustrated because no one's engaged and because I'm getting I'm getting nothing back. I mean, I think that's from a delivery point of view, the hardest thing about online teaching is you just get no feedback. It's really difficult. Mm. You can't feed off the room, the sort of the mood. You can't, you, can, you know, those... Yeah, that- tumbleweed moment yeah <laughs> and though, though, and, <laughs> like and of course, yeah and when you're yeah. in person you can adapt to that you, you yeah. know when you go into a session and students are talking about something that happens in the news that day and so you say do you know what forget about what I planned let's talk about this because this is important let's 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 shift on to what you're interested in of course you can't do that online um when exactly as uh, as, as I said you can't uh feed off what they're talking about because they're not talking or they um, talk in other channel yeah and and I found that really really tough one of the things that I did want to do um and and I don't think I was allowed to in the end was to mandate cameras on in a session because I think that that does at least encourage that direct engagement. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that I wanted to mandate it, I couldn't get students to do it. A few would, but most wouldn't. And if, if yeah. a few didn't, everyone would turn off. One of the things that I found really interesting about that is I suddenly became acutely aware that I'm going into their space rather than them coming into my space. And I think that's why people don't really yeah. like that idea of me going to their yeah. space because they've got well, all these other things going on. Yeah, it is, I think, a very interesting point. And from, from our uh, last episode, we had a guest, Peter, that actually has been talking about student voice and maybe eventually even losing the, the, the video feed and relying on the, on the audio. But uh, I agree with you, Ashley. Uh, it is something that probably the video feed makes this connection easier or better but we have to be careful and think may probably change the perspective of how we look at it i would say really a a great prompt for my next question so we have talked about uh, um, uh, what academics should do uh, to make this thing a better experience what would you think that basically in addition to our preparation what are other key factors that that hybrid teaching and learning can make a better experience for those who are online and we are going to see probably more often now in class as well. What else would you say it's critical uh, for people who want to try this way or maybe to do it more effectively or efficiently uh, to think about uh, and take away from our podcast? Oin. Thanks. How can we do hybrid better? I think, I think it's to ask the question, why are you doing it? Uh, what, is, what is the reason behind doing it? So some of us are doing hybrid because, because we have to, because in, in, in the current situation, we need to engage with students that are that are here at our universities, but are also elsewhere. In the future, that may not be the case. We, a lot of us will be returning to uh, more traditional pa- pathways and, and ways of teaching, and so it'll be largely in, in person. The question is, what, what does hybrid add in those, for, for the future, what does hybrid add there? Oh. And I suppose, you know, I've, I've spoken about some of the, the, the difficulties I've had. It's, it's difficult to deal with, with hybrid teaching. I didn't mention this earlier, but while in-person students loved hybrid, the online students um, said that it was either similar 
or worse than online only sessions. So, so they also felt that uh, some of them at least felt that um, that the online session, that the hybrid sessions weren't as good as when you had someone focused uh, teaching you. And so uh, this year we, we'll be doing some hybrid sessions, but we're also going to try that out with, with students mm-hmm. um, who, are, who instead of attending in-person sessions will have an alternative online only session just for them. And, and we're gonna see how, you know, how that works for our students. We're gonna ask our students again uh, exactly. what, what, they, what they think about that. And for me, I think what hybrid might add is for those students who can't attend for whatever reason this year, it's probably pandemic, but in the future, mm-hmm. it could be for various accessibility reasons or, or other things. Uh, it could be a, about making those students who are not with us feel like they are a part of that community that are there in for us in St. Andrews. And so in terms of the the learning outcomes and, 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 and thinking about learning, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm not... We have to think about that carefully. I'm not sure if hybrid is always the best way of, of getting students to, to learn in the best way, but but maybe we can use hybrid to improve other forms of, or, or, or improve the student experience in, in different ways. Uh, would you say that this particular comment about uh, the, the challenge of making the same experience, it's related to the topic itself? So uh, in my teaching, I have uh, in- included field trips and things like that. But you're right. I think that um, in planning things like field trips, you are uh, you may be excluding um, some people who may not be able to attend them for whatever reasons. Mm. And, and so I've I've yet to do a hybrid field trip. It's uh, really, really interesting, Owen, because when we started at City University with this way of thinking and how to support this type of delivery we we call it the equitable model we were trying to work out how much equity you could balance between those online and those in class because mm-hmm. the, the feeling the consensus is and, and we've done research and a literature review at city and there's very little out there uh, surprisingly um, about the things you're talking about and, and investigating how to make it work better and it leads us into the the next question um, but before we come on to that, I just want to hear from a- Ashley, you know, what key factors do you think could improve this experience? And, and Owen's looking at this at St. Andrews with with a very admirable energy, <laughs> considering it's still challenging in this pandemic. But how can we improve the hybrid experience? If, if you've got any insights you could share? Well, I think it does come down to exactly what I said in terms of what are you doing it for? I, I fear that... Uh, when you look at the the commodification of higher education, there will be a uh, perhaps a management temptation to suddenly see hybrid as an opportunity to grow numbers without the same resource constraints that you have uh, with with physical in-person teaching. Suddenly, you can almost see the dollar signs click on uh, above uh, certain people's heads where, where they kind of go, oh, great. Suddenly, we can now offer our entire portfolio of courses, both as distance learning and as in-person teaching. And that could be the biggest mistake that universities will make, because mm-hmm. what that actually does is it completely devalues the in-person experience because it's this idea that you can somehow reduce a course down to some recorded lectures and doing some assessments and doing some online activities. And I think that's the really university. Really it's like the university of YouTube essentially. Yeah, aren't you? yeah, yeah. pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and we do ourselves a complete disservice when we go along with that narrative because, uh, you know, all coming back to the idea that there is exactly as Owen said, something very special about in-person teaching. And it's not to say that there's not a place for remote delivery options, but I think that they should form a, a, 
a, a tool in the toolbox rather than the model mm -hmm. itself. Teach students how to do it, um, how to be, how to exist in an online environment. You know, we, we just assume that our students are going to be these tech savvy individuals that are comfortable in this digital environment. And I don't think we do enough to really communicate the um, both the positives and to say you know this is the value that online can bring but also this is this is what you need to do you need to recognize that to learn in an online environment it's harder not easier because you're going to have to come uh, competing with all of these different demands for your attention and so you've got to be more dedicated not less just because you don't have to come in you've you know having that effort to turn on the computer when actually you could just go downstairs and watch telly that's a lot lot harder yeah and, and we don't do that enough. I think you're absolutely right. And I, and I think that's very insightful for uh, the future, if there is a future, of, of, of this hybrid delivery model in higher education, which is which is obviously what we're focused on. Um, and so you kind of answered my next question, Ashley. Thank you for that foresight. Um, <laughs> if I can just ping that over to Owen before we come to our last question. Do you think there's a future of hybrid teaching in higher education uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it probably goes back to, to to my answer for the last question about what you, you have to ask why why we're doing it, why we're doing the hybrid uh, delivery, and and I think as Ashley was saying, we have to be careful of of that pressure to to turn all of our in person teaching into uh, into a hybrid uh, approach because because I think that uh, hybrid delivery is is really resource intensive for for staff um, on the IT side it's 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 difficult to get it right you, you have to really think about what technology you're using to create that link between the students in person and the students um, at home and so and as I've I've learned through my experience is that it often doesn't benefit those students um, enough I think to, to warrant all of that additional um, work I think that, that that maybe as Ashley was saying as well there, there is there's definitely a role for more engagement with with uh, online resources and with technology. Again, I'm, I'm trying to ask, I'm glad to hear that there's not a lot out there in hybrid uh, learning. I have been looking and trying to find some evidence that, that I can base some of my practice on. It's really, really difficult. But what I'm learning from my students is that there are some benefits in, in the online experience and the hybrid. Hopefully have some data on that this semester to see if there's anything we can tease out of the hybrid experience that students are loving over and above either pure in-person or pure online. Um, but I know that with, with lectures, recorded lectures, for example, while some students, they don't feel that pressure to engage with it to the same degree, so they're, they're being constantly distracted. Some students definitely have that and, and want the in-person lecture, even though we feel that lectures work really well online. Students still want to be in the room being lectured to. Um, other students love that, that ability to pause and take notes and rewind and, and take their learning at their own speed. So um, my students are loving the ability to ask questions in, in comments boxes rather than having to put up their hand and, and speak openly. And so we've, yeah. we've turned you need to, a co-pilot in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that might, might actually work really, really nicely. Um, and when I've used demonstrators in, in, in hybrid learning, that seems to work really well where I can pick on, on, on students in the room when they put up their hand and give an answer. And then I, I have, uh, you know, comments coming in from online. And I think that does create that, that, that dynamic that's, that's nice. On this podcast, we've got another kind of spectrum that we talk to our guests about. So we were originally going to call this uh, fight or flight. Um, you know, a lot of our early experiments were in, uh, in um, supporting aviation teaching. Uh, and we thought, does the prospect of 
or the prospect of more hybrid teaching lead you to uh, want to run as far away in the opposite direction uh, as you possibly can? Or do you think it's something that will uh, allow your teaching to uh, take, take off, take flight? Uh, where would you put yourselves in that spectrum? I'll give a classic academic, not one art, one word answer to that, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, 18 months ago, fully flight because of the sheer amount of work that was involved. But of course, one of the advantages with online is a lot of the time, some of the resources, not all, but some of the resources we develop become reusable objects. And so one of the things that the pandemic has done is it has brought forward and allowed us to achieve in 18 months what might have taken five years to develop. And so now I'm probably somewhere in the middle because I've got a bunch of stuff now that I know that I, and I've tried to be able to produce stuff that I can now reuse, which means that as I look forward, the scale of the task is less than it was 18 months ago. Yeah, I think uh, similar to Ashley, um, I will, I'll, I'll wait until I have to make a decision on a particular uh, bit, bit of teaching that I, that I need to do and see what, what can hybrid add, what, what might it not add. And depending on, on the context, what I need, what my goals are of that, that class or, or that module, I might uh, zoom towards flight or, or I might embrace it and, and, uh, and give it a go. As Ashley's, as Ashley's been saying, I think that we've learned so much and, and over the last 18 months. And, and, and I think that we can take some of those positives and use them going forwards. That's great. Thank you both very much. Thank you. (laughs) So the last one to wrap up, what's the one thing that you wanted to get across that we haven't asked you? I think that it is deserving of a huge shout out and, and to communicate my complete and utter admiration for colleagues at the Open University. Because if I'm perfectly honest, I would have viewed distance and remote learning two years ago through slightly cynical, um, probably downward looking eyes. And I and as we came into the pandemic, I, I started to think and, and reflect and, and consider, actually, I'm quite tech savvy. I'm quite comfortable in this environment. Do you know what I'd like to do? I'm going to go and get a job with the OU, move to the middle of nowhere where I can live like a hermit, deliver my teaching remotely and live a happy life. Um, and I come out of the pandemic realizing how so difficult that job is and, and how I personally don't enjoy fully online remote delivery anywhere near as much as, as, it, as face-to-face teaching. And so I have emerged with this just newfound admiration for what they do because they do it probably better than anybody else does it. And, and they've mm. really kind of cracked the nut, I think, when it comes to uh, mm. distance learning. Very Shout out point. to the OU. That was not what we might have expected from this. Very it's fair nice. enough. Someone said at the beginning of the pandemic when we were pivoting to online, just like that, in a few weeks, um, that it takes the Open University about a year to develop a course with um, a whole bunch of people. So, yeah, Owen, um, your reflections um, and on this podcast, is there anything we haven't asked you? And I'm not sure if there's anything you should have asked me, but I suppose building upon what Ashley was saying and giving giving respect to to, to others. I mean, I, we have to give massive kudos to the students who have have been living th- through this experiment in in hybrid and online teaching. Yeah, as you just said, James, it, it takes a long time to to for the open university to 
to create these courses. And if you've ever sat a, a designed for online learning course, I mean, they're, they're absolutely wonderful. Um, and, and, and I think they're quite different to what I'm providing my students. And so um, I think what students, uh, my students have been getting isn't what I would like them to get uh, in, a normal, in a normal year. And, and they're missing out on, on learning opportunities, but also really important social opportunities. But they've been doing really well and learning so well. And when I look at assessment and, and, and what students are, are learning and what they're, what they're giving back, it's incredibly impressive. Just to pick up on that before probably we close the, the, the session, I have two students who are rejoining universities and they are so eager to go face to face. As a parent, as, as, a, as a lecturer yesterday in a class as well, people have been so glad to see each other and, and saying hello. And that is actually what brings university together because university, I think in the, in the world itself, makes a, a unification of people. So. So I think that brings us to uh, a close. Uh, thank you both uh, very, very much for your, your, your thoughts, your opinions, your ideas and your perspectives. Uh, it's been fascinating uh, to, uh, to, to listen to them both. Shout out to you both for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, really enjoyed the conversation and good luck in the future and your respective universities. Hope to speak to you again soon. Okay, gentlemen, well, I found that a fascinating conversation with uh, uh, Owen and Ashley there. Um, Ivan, what, what were your uh, immediate thoughts or takeaways from it? Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Dominic. It's really interesting, actually, uh, uh, comparing to the previous episode, we have uh, probably uh, more uh, younger uh, um, people talking to us uh, with a less probably formal experience in terms of uh, learning and studying hybrid teaching, but actually practitioners. So it was fascinating to listen to how they pivoted from the face-to-face to online and also how they see the future of this particular type of delivery. So as always, a, a great learning experience for me and confirmation of some of my thoughts and uh, challenges as well. James. Thank you, Ivan. Yes, um, absolutely fascinating. And what what strikes me is how many um, other areas uh, that we can consider with future episodes of Teaching Here and There podcasts. Uh, one would be how sessions are run with a co-pilot, which is the idea of perhaps a graduate mm-hmm, yeah. teaching assistant uh, working in the class uh, simultaneously with the academic. Um, Ashley raised some very interesting points about timetabling and how hybrid teaching impacts on the timetable and how you divide up your modules. Um, and Owen, particularly with his um, point of view of the students and thinking about how they're coping in this and how much they've learned and how they've adapted and pivoted to this online and how some students know, know nothing else apart from hybrid or online delivery. Um, I was particularly taken by one of um, Owen's introductory comments where he he described himself as an analogue teacher uh, pre-pandemic, which was uh, a fascinating way to think about doing things. We think of uh, analogue versus digital in terms of um, physical technologies and objects, but thinking of ourselves as mm. Um, analog individuals versus digital individuals. I, I suspect that, uh, particularly uh, off the back of that conversation, that um, wh- whether any of us like it or not, this this stuff is here to stay somehow or other. Mm. Um, ho- hopefully, in better considered and uh, context appropriate ways. Hopefully, 
this podcast uh, and a shout out for our listeners here as well. Um, this podcast is giving us an opportunity to spotlight a point in the direction of some of the ways that mixing in-person and online teaching at the same time can be done in positive ways, if it's going to be done at all. And uh, Ashley's comment on actually considering the teaching experience as an event, and we also hope mm-hmm. that this podcast is an event for you. So uh, uh, we really look forward and uh, uh, try to secure a good uh, lineup for our future events. Thank you very much, Ivan. So uh, if you are, have made it to the end of episode three and you would like to help us further along in future episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Uh, maybe by the time of episode four, uh, we'll have even set up an email address or a Twitter account and you can get in <laughs> touch with us even further. <laughs> but otherwise, thank you very much for listening and we will join you for episode four. Thank you, Dom. Thank you, Ivan. And thank you very much for listening. Teaching Here and There is a podcast brought to you by PSR Production. It's available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify and any web browser.